the community podcast where Savannah and Adamsville, Tennessee meets northern Indiana and southwestern lower Michigan. Welcome to Roaring Light. Combining news and weather from news source one Michiana with great independent Christian music from Roaring Light Radio. Get ready. News and weather is next. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. A pair of Democratic state lawmakers intend to file police reform legislation ahead of the Tennessee General Assembly's Tuesday filing deadline, the lawmakers said Saturday. The announcement comes the morning after officials released video of Tyre Nichols' deadly police encounter. A 13-year-old Palestinian boy opened fire in East Jerusalem on Saturday, wounding two Israelis, officials said. A day after another attacker killed seven outside a synagogue in the deadliest attack in the city since 2008. Dozens of people were injured in a massive traffic pileup amid snowy conditions in southern Wisconsin on Friday, which blocked Interstate 3990 for hours, authorities said. It's been nearly a decade since Smokey Robinson's last album, but new music from the King of Motown is on the horizon. That's the latest headlines in 60 seconds. I'm Alan Edwards. I'm Dodd Morris for Ruth Kramer with Mission Network News. War rages in Ukraine and local churches help people survive another day. And a new prayer campaign prioritizes the Great Commission. Find your place in these stories and more right now on Mission Network News. Several regions in Ukraine were hit with a cascade of Russian missiles after Germany and the U.S. pledged tanks to aid Ukraine. Russia says it perceived this move as direct Western involvement in the war. Eric Mach of Slavic Gospel Association. What we see with the advent of the tanks or the continued Western involvement is that this will be a protracted long-term conflict. These military vehicles will definitely tip the scales. They are very powerful platforms that will be used in the conflict. With more than 50% of the nation's electrical infrastructure damaged, Mach says the people are just struggling to survive. I was worshiping in several churches where it was 34 degrees inside the church, and it's pretty normal to be sleeping in a room that warms to 45 or 50 degrees. It's very uncomfortable. SGA is giving Ukrainians generators, stoves, blankets, meals, and the list goes on all with a deeper hope in God's comfort. You can offer people food, you can give them warmth, but you truly have not helped them until you introduce them to Jesus Christ. Be a blessing to Ukrainians by praying and supporting SGA. A little bit goes a long way and will connect you at missionnews.org. Syria teeters on the brink of collapse. Critical infrastructure is failing, and so is the economy. 90% of the population lives in poverty. Samuel of Redemptive Stories. No one really seems to have great answers for the future when it comes to Syria. Everything continues to go on a downward trajectory in terms of economics, opportunity, rebuilding. Nothing is on an upward trajectory. Extended power cuts have sunk most of the country into a near-constant blackout, and at night... There's literally no light that can be seen for miles because nobody has money for electricity after a certain time, and so... It's just dark. Most Syrians rely on generators for electricity, but those need fuel to operate, which is also unavailable. They recently canceled work for various things to try to help people save on gas money. And yet, hope remains. The gospel always intersects brokenness. When people are so broken that they have nothing else to turn to except for God, it's in those times of desperation that we look to God and say, help. When people do that, we pray that the church is there to help them 
and to speak truth into those situations. Please pray Syrian Christians who share help and hope in the name of Jesus will have strength and endurance. Pray that the church will be a beautiful light as much as possible in order to communicate that hope through aid and relief. And nearly 75% of the world's unreached people live in just 12 countries. Every month this year, Jesus Film Project is promoting prayer for one of the top 12 least-reached countries. Ryan Wagner, Jesus Film Project's Associate Director for Digital Strategies. Here in America, I'm in Missouri. I'm going to pass five churches on the way to go to my church. And that is just not the way it is in most places. And so what we did years ago with Jesus Film Project, we wanted to look and see where is the church and where is it not. And a lot of that might happen in that 1040 window that many people are familiar with, that 1040 latitude throughout the world where the gospel is just really unknown. You can download Jesus Film Project's prayer guide as part of their 2023 prayer initiative called For the Least Reached, A Year of Prayer. Get started at missionnews.org. Wagner says your prayers are a catalyst for change. God is moving. We are every day hearing stories of people responding to dreams that they had the day before, and then the next day they maybe hear something from a church planter or an organization about the story of Jesus. You can find your place in the story at missionnews.org. Mission Network News is a listener-supported service of One Way Ministries. You can join us here and on social media, or find us on Amazon Alexa, iTunes, and TWR360. Together the Great Commission happens. Look for the links at missionnews.org. For Ruth Kramer, I'm Dodd Morris. Urgent Winter Weather Message National Weather Service Memphis, Tennessee, 321 a.m. Central Time. Monday, Jan 30, 2023, including the cities of Ripley, Mississippi, Corinth, Clarksdale, Marks, Batesville, Oxford, New Albany, Selmer, and Savannah, 321 a.m. Central Standard Time, Monday, Jan 30, 2023, winter weather advisory in effect from midnight tonight to noon Central Standard Time Wednesday, with freezing rain expected. Total ice accumulations of around two-tenths of an inch. Where portions of North Mississippi and West Tennessee went from midnight tonight to noon Central Standard Time Wednesday. Impacts difficult travel conditions are possible. The hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commute. Additional details partial to complete ice melting is expected Tuesday afternoon before additional freezing arrives Tuesday night. Precautionary preparedness actions slow down and use caution while traveling. Prepare for possible power outages. The latest road conditions for the state you are calling from can be obtained by calling 511. Detailed forecast today cloudy with a high near 51. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight train likely, mainly after 4 a.m. Cloudy, with a low around 31. North wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Tuesday a chance of rain or freezing rain before 11 a.m., then rain likely afternoon. Cloudy, with a high near 39. North wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. Little or no ice accumulation expected. Tuesday night rain likely before midnight, then a chance of rain or freezing rain. Cloudy, with a low around 30. North-northeast wind around 10 mph. Chance of precipitation is 70%. Little or no ice accumulation expected. Wednesday a chance of rain or freezing rain before 9 a.m., then a chance of rain. Cloudy, with a high near 42. North-northeast wind 5 to 10 mph. Chance of precipitation is 50%. Little or no ice accumulation expected. Now to Lisa for Michiana weather. Detailed forecast today a 50% chance of snow, mainly before 3 p.m. 
cloudy, with a temperature falling to around 17 by 5 p.m. Northwest wind 10 to 15 mph, with gusts as high as 20 mph. Tonight mostly cloudy, with a low around 9. Northwest wind 5 to 10 mph. Tuesday partly sunny and cold, with a high near 16. West wind 5 to 10 mph. Tuesday night mostly clear, with a low around 4. Wind chill values as low as minus 5. Southwest wind 5 to 10 mph. Wednesday sunny, with a high near 24. Southwest wind 5 to 10 mph. Unlike snow where you can see a few inches of accumulation, with this ice storm that can bring some hidden dangers. There are a few things that you can do in preparation for the ice. You can put down salt in advance so you kind of have a base on your sidewalks or roadways. There are also a few products that you can buy. So this is a more concentrated solution for your windshield that will help melt the ice faster. And you also have this uh, locks. This is for when your uh, locks ice up. This will help break that up. You just insert that into your locks. But this is video though from that ice storm from December of 2009. Roadways were iced over, making dangerous road conditions. Power lines were pulled down by the weight of ice. And ice accumulation increases the weight of a span of a power line by up to 500 pounds. And with just a quarter of an inch of ice, that can increase the weight of a tree branch by up to 30 times. And since we haven't seen an event like this in almost 10 years, people may not be prepared. Right. It's been a long time, so people, their guards down a little bit. They haven't experienced it, so, you know, really hold on to railings, uh, know where you're going, uh, you know, stairs. You, you may once again not see it, uh, so, so the black ice, uh, it, it can, you can really go down quickly. And if you're in a pinch, though, you can also use some old-fashioned hand sanitizer, and this will work simili similarly to these other products because it is a concentrated alcohol solution.
nations rise and fall Your reign is never ending Your kingdom is unstoppable Oh, 
said he could walk on water And heal anyone who suffered He was a prophet without honor In his own time He broke bread and fed the from the city. Attention drivers, the city of Elkhart and that admire are pleased to announce the activation of the new signal controlled intersection of Emerson Drive and Cassopolis Street. The new traffic signal will provide more efficient access to and from Emerson and the soon to be opened Meyer and is a major safety upgrade for pedestrians using this busy corridor. Beginning Monday, January 30th at 9 a.m. 
Motorists will notice the operation of the new signal and should be on a lookout for changed traffic patterns. Be sure to pay attention if you're traveling down Cassopolis Street. Take care and have a wonderful day. Looking for something fun to do during the month of February? Here is something just for you. You can attend the Harbor Habitat for Humanity Winter Gala on February 3rd. And this will take place in Berrien County, Michigan. And it is in support of Small Home Big Chain. The event will be held at 6.30 p.m. at Tossie's Restaurant located at 4337 Ridge Road in Stevensville, Michigan. Tickets are $100 each when you purchase beforehand or $125 at the door, and they will only be selling 100 tickets. This event is for guests 21 years of age or older. All the proceeds for the event will be used to build a home for a local Barron County veteran. For more information, you can head over to ABC 57's website and chime in on Harbor Habitat for Humanity host Winter Gala on February 3rd for more information. Take care and have a wonderful day.
rest of the story. A fascinating study involved that which was among man's first methods of long-distance communication. The message in a bottle? Two centuries ago, one fellow dropped quite a number of bottles into the Atlantic Ocean. Inside each bottle, the same message. State location of recovery and return to sender. The sender's name was Ben Franklin. The information he recorded from this test resulted in the first accurate chart of the Gulf Stream. So, releasing an identifiable floating something into the ocean currents is like banding a great migratory bird in order to learn its habits. In 1929, a group of German scientists dropped a bottle into the Indian Ocean. The multilingual message inside could be read without breaking the bottle. It requested that the discoverer throw the bottle back into the sea and then report where he had encountered it. That bottle was discovered in the waters south of South America, again in the Atlantic, finally in the Indian Ocean, not far from the spot where it had been released. In six years, it had sailed around the globe. Apart from its scientific uses, the message in a bottle has proved efficient in its earliest function, communication. In 1875, a mutinied Canadian vessel was rescued by naval authorities because a steward had stuffed SOS messages into several bottles and cast them adrift. In 1956, a young Swedish sailor on a long tour of duty dropped a bottle overboard. Inside was a plea to any pretty girl who might find it, please write to me. Of course, the sailor gave his home address. The message was received by a young lady in Sicily. She did write to the sailor in the autumn of 1958. Only two years after the bottle had been set afloat, the Swedish sailor and the Sicilian girl were married. So, the message in a bottle is far from hopeless as a means of communication and far from slow. Now the rest of the story. How might one have guessed from the dazzling early morning sunshine that only hours before a fierce storm had lashed the area of the Pacific, and now beneath a strangely cloudless sky, the weary shipwrecked seamen stood bewildered on a great coral reef of their mission, which had begun in Japan. There were 45 survivors. Before the ship went down, they had managed to gather a few provisions, but there was no communication. They were stranded. Chinosuke Matsuyama was one of those surviving sailors. Though he could not know his precise coordinates, the fact that he was on a coral reef suggested a warm current, shallow water, the proximity of land. He observed that of what his shipmates had salvaged, there was not sufficient material to construct a raft or even to burn an effective smoke signal. And yet among their supplies was a large bottle, large enough to be spotted at a distance. Chinosuke decided then that he would put a message in that bottle, a communication relating what had happened, approximately where their ship had sunk, and how many were still alive. With no paper on which to write, Chinosuke carved his message and his name on a piece of wood, sealed the wood in the bottle, and cast the bottle adrift. Now the lore of the sea is filled with such stories. The tale you've just heard, the strangest of all, is true. For in 1935, Chinosuke's message did wash ashore. It was discovered by seaside villagers, but no rescue party was dispatched. You see, Chinosuke and his comrades had been shipwrecked, had ultimately died of starvation and exposure in 1784. When a young man is found after being swept out to sea, rescuers are saying it's a miracle and akin to finding a needle in a haystack. This is truth itself. A family from Key West, Florida is thanking God after their son, who was freediving and spearfishing several miles offshore, was rescued after being caught up in the powerful Gulf Stream current and swept out to sea. The Gartenmeyer family said they immediately began to search for 22-year-old Dylan Gartenmeyer, 
who got caught up in the current and was carried away from his friends. Two of the freediver's friends had been watching him from a boat when he had suddenly found himself caught in the current. Freediving is a form of underwater diving that relies on breath holding until resurfacing, rather than the use of breathing apparatus such as scuba gear. Gartenmeier said he was freediving at about 35 feet when the current swept him out to waters as deep as 150 feet. He told WTVJ-TV that he was underwater for almost two minutes. Gartenmeier said he resurfaced about a mile from where he was initially diving. He swam over a mile to a channel marker while clutching bamboo he found drifting in the water. Gartenmeier's mother, Tabitha, said, It's a miracle. We landed right on my son and a needle in a haystack. You're in the middle of the ocean, and that's God. The Coast Guard said they were grateful to know that Gartenmeier was found safe. The family said, by way of a miracle, he will get to dive another day. Timothy Kroll from the Helios Projects says we have a solid plan in 2023 to train untrained pastors around the world who have absolutely no Bible or theology training, due to the fact they can't afford it. He's preparing to take training to pastors in need in Ecuador and Peru in February and March. Please pray for these trips. At trainapastor.com, $150 trains three pastors. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking in more detail today at the revelation by former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson that Russian President Vladimir Putin directly threatened to use a nuclear weapon during a telephone conversation in the run-up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Mr Johnson told the BBC that the threat was extraordinary, with Vladimir Putin arguing it would only take a minute to unleash nuclear weapons on the UK. As Russia's war has continued, some Ukrainian officials increasingly fear their territory may be targeted for a Russian nuclear attack. Security analyst Jimmy Rushton is in Kiev. Everyone in the Ukrainian military that I speak to is, is well aware of the risk of them using nuclear weapons. Some of them, in fact, are surprised that they haven't used them already. Maybe exploding one over the Black Sea as an implicit threat to say, look, if you don't take us seriously, we'll then use it over Ukraine. But just using a nuclear weapon doesn't win him the war, and it creates a huge amount of problems for him. The second you use a nuclear weapon, um, any uh, remnant of the Russian narrative just disappears, um, and they immediately become the only country to use a nuclear weapon since the end of the Second World War, and that mm. puts them historically on the wrong side of everyone. Including, he points out, the Chinese and the Indians, both of whom have publicly called for the nuclear threat to be removed from the Kremlin's table. But with an anticipated spring offensive in the pipeline, the Russians continue to keep all options open. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Mishawaka Parks and Recreation Department invites you to the Luminary Walk on February 10th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Attendees will set off from the Ball Band Bar Garden and travel a lightened path around the Riverwalk and back again. They will have food trucks, hot cocoa, and much more. This is a free event. It is open to all ages, so come out and help us beat the winter blues by lighting up the night. Take care. The Public News Service Joe Newscast, January the 30th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. 
Lawmakers in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts are considering legislation to ensure that police use of facial recognition technology also protects people's privacy and civil rights. Massachusetts was one of the first states to implement restrictions on the technology as part of a sweeping police reform law in 2020. A special legislative commission, which included police and civil liberties activists, then developed even greater restrictions on use of facial recognition software. Cade Crockford of the Massachusetts Civil Liberties Union calls the latest bill a win for both police and the public. It's so important to get right so that police can use facial recognition technology to solve serious crimes, but in a way that protects people's privacy and due process and basic civil rights. The current bill would require that police obtain a warrant to perform a facial recognition search and ensure the results of that search alone cannot be used to arrest someone or obtain a search warrant. Facial recognition technology can be faulty and has resulted in the false arrests and incarceration of people across the country. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. And a bill that would expand Medicaid coverage for some 19,000 Wyoming workers who earn too much to qualify for standard Medicaid but can't afford private insurance is making its way through that state's legislature. Anna Marchese with the group Healthy Wyoming says expansion would bring millions of federal tax dollars back to the state and would largely help women working at jobs that pay low wages and offer no health benefits, including restaurant, construction, agriculture, and retail. In Wyoming, more than half of those cuts by Medicaid expansion would be low-income women. Wyoming has one of the highest uninsured rates for women of childbearing age. This has big consequences for the health of mothers and infants. Wyoming is one of just 11 states that have not expanded Medicaid coverage. The most recent American Cancer Society poll found that nearly two-thirds of Wyoming voters across the political spectrum support expansion, including 66% of Republicans. Critics have long warned about the potential costs, and some lawmakers are leery of entering into a deal with the federal government. House Bill 80 cleared the Joint Revenue Interim Committee, but has not yet been scheduled for a hearing. I'm Eric Galatis. And now for political, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said Sunday he thinks that President Biden will come to an agreement with him regarding the debt ceiling, that despite the administration's previous assertions, they would not negotiate with the House Republicans on the issue. The pair are scheduled to meet on Wednesday. Political notes Biden previously confirmed that he planned to meet with the House Speaker to talk about raising the nation's borrowing limit in order to pay back money that's already been spent. This is Public News Service. A new report shows social workers are not being paid equal to similar professions. The report from the National Association of Social Workers New York chapter finds 34% of social workers surveyed are at the same salary they were when they started their job, which on average began one to five years ago. Many feel this is one piece of a larger puzzle contributing to social workers leaving the fields. Report author Olivia Knox with the association's New York chapter says stagnant wages could make people leave the field for something different. Only 90 people received a merit increase. So if social workers aren't receiving salary upgrades, there's a huge potential and risk that they'll leave the profession for a more equitable field. She adds this would be alarming given the current state of mental health in the U.S., According to Mental Health America, 19.86% of adults, or 50 million Americans, are experiencing a mental illness. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And a bill in the Tennessee legislature aims to reduce packaging materials that end up in landfills, that by improving recycling in the volunteer state. 
One recent survey ranks Tennessee 47th among states for recycling, with only 7% of common containers and packaging recycled. Senate Bill 573 would require reducing unnecessary packaging and reclaiming more valuable materials in the recycling process. It would also support and develop markets for recycled materials. Dan Firth with the Sierra Club Tennessee chapter says these improvements would result in cleaner air and water as well. This bill is focused on reducing the amount of packaging waste that is going into landfills being incinerated and otherwise lost and to ensure that those valuable materials that that the packaging is made of is recovered and goes back into the, the circular economy. Programs for Public News Service, I'm Danielle Smith. And finally, environmental groups are pleased with an Iowa Utilities Board ruling that requires Mid-American Energy to make planning studies public for its Iowa Wind Prime project. Attorney Lori Williams with the Sierra Club says Iowans deserve to know if the $3.9 billion facility is a reasonable alternative to other green energy solutions. I think it's a powerful statement of accountability. Mid-American is a monopoly utility that recovers rates from captive customers. And what the board is saying is the public deserves transparency into how the utility is making decisions about how it plans to meet electricity needs. I'm Mark Moran. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting a week with Public News Service. We are member listeners supported. Here's a great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Today, we will be looking at 1 Peter 5, verses 7 and 8. And it says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Cast all your anxiety, basically cast all your worries onto the Lord, because he cares for you. Sometimes we get caught up in wondering what the world thinks of us, and we forget that the Lord is there with us through thick and thin. He's always there, willing and ready to take on a much bigger task than what we as humans see him as or review him as. A lot of times, the devil is sitting right on the shoulder, and he's waiting, prowling around, waiting for us to come to him, knowing that Jesus is on the other side, and we do tug of war. A lot of people are guilty of this, at least once in a life. When we first give our our bodies and our life over to Jesus, we tend to sometimes fall back in the trap of we don't know who we are. We get pushed back into a trap of the fiery furnace, and that's where the devil's at. A lot of times this happens when we lose a very important person in our life. It could be a death of a loved one. Maybe it's a family friend that you're losing. Someone, a very important figure. And it could be someone that was a legacy in your life. Maybe it was somebody that we looked up to. And a lot of times, the first person we blame is God. And so 
as we go on about our life, the devil is always sitting there. And he just sits there and he does not move. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes when we get, we forget that we need to give our anxiety, all of our worries to our Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes the hardest thing for us as a believer is to give up that control, that worry over to God. We want to take care of our, by ourselves and we cannot do that. Sometimes the strongest people are the ones who are holding on to something and they're fighting against the devil. The devil's right there and he's pulling them in. But at some point we have to release the hold of that devil and he's released that devil and give our mind and soul to the Lord. And so we need to be alert and be quick to recognize when Jesus is there with us, when the Lord is there with us. We often fall short of God's glory at this time. There comes a time in our lives where we don't think about what happened. In that moment, the specific anxiety or that worry, we're just trapped. And it goes on to say this in the following verse, in verse 9, resist him, standing firm in your faith, because you know that the family believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so the whole world is sharing the same type of suffering, depending on what it is. We all share something. The last three years, four, one of the biggest anxiety and sufferings that we're all carrying are anxiety in this pandemic that has taken us all by surprise. And a lot of that, people have said, anytime someone dies or anytime someone gets sick, that's the first thing that happens. Oh, it's COVID. Did they get this? Did they get vaccine? Blah, blah, blah. Politics goes involved in that too. There's a lot that the world is suffering through. And the devil is sitting there drawing us in. There has been an uptake in violence of all kinds. A big uptake in mental illnesses of all kinds. And people are quick to blame on mental illness. Sometimes we gotta take a step back. Coming back to pause, take a step back and think about, is it okay for us to react the way that we do? Is it something that we can give over to the Lord? Depending on what that anxiety, what that worry is. We, there's all sorts of worries. Some of the worries that we should not be doing is we should not have to worry about stepping outside of our house and be worried that we're not gonna come home. In the schools, we shouldn't have to worry about sending our kids to school or students or someone we love to school, not thinking about, are they gonna make it home safe? Is someone gonna go in that school and shoot them up? We shouldn't have to worry about going to church where we're there faithfully serving the Lord and worry about some random stranger coming in and shooting up the church. There's a lot that goes into this anxiety, these worries. We worry every day. The world has now got to where 
We cannot step foot outside our door without worrying about what's going to happen in that moment. But if we rely on the Lord at all times, it's okay. I always say, if you know where you're going on the end of this earth, you know you're going to enter that heavenly golden paradise. What do you have to worry about? There's also a passage in the Bible that says, do not worry. A whole section about do not worry. Why are we worrying when we have this craziness? So if we are alert, we can realize the devil is there. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is wake up in the morning and be alert. The devil is waiting right there. He's ever. He could be your next door neighbor. He could be in your house. But you're not going to know that. He's always there waiting to devour and build us in, pull us into him with his life. So there comes times where we have to stop and think, are we going to continue to let that worry or anxiety take over us? Or are we willing to give that up to the Lord and not let that devil win? Verse 9 says, resist him, standing firm in your faith. We have to resist that devil at all costs. A lot of times, people know the devil's there. They know he's there, but they're going to fight him at all costs. Those of you, if you've seen the movie War Room, there's a perfect example of this in there. You have a family who the wife, the husband is say, cheating on the wife, and she knows that she is, she feels this and she knows this, but she never gives up. She eventually trusts the Lord that she cast out the devil and calls him out. You can take this and you can take that, but you are not taking me. And so once she realizes that, eventually the husband realizes what he needs to do. And he leaves that situation and goes back to his wife. United with his daughter. That time, the prayer is powerful. She knew. She called on that devil. Called him out. And said all this. You're not going to take my joy. You can take all of this stuff. You can take. Maybe. Maybe you can take the marriage. You can take everything away from her. But you're not taking her joy. She held on to that faith the whole time. That she knew that devil was there and her husband was doing no good. But it took the power of her to give all that anxiety, that worry to the Lord. To call on him and say, you can do this, but you're not taking my joy. As we wrap up, read you again what 1 Peter 7 and 8 says. Cast all your anxiety or worry on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9 goes on and says, Resist him, standing and firm in your faith, because you know that the family and believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. If you are going through some type of anxiety, cast it onto the Lord. He is waiting. That devil is right there too, but the Lord is more powerful than the devil. Sometimes we just need to think about this. Think about who you are in Christ. Remember, you are loved.
you are remarkable. You are a child of God. You can do more things in this world if you put your heart into it. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.